0: Just 9 days after European Commission Competition Commission slapped Google with a record-breaking 2.7 billion dollar fine, the commission has added again this time threatening 3 companies with hefty penalties for breaking its merger rules. The EU has filed complaints against General Electric, Merck and Canon, accusing them of providing misleading or incomplete information in order to push through mergers or acquisitions. Competition Commissioner Margreta Vestager has signaled zero tolerance for Companies that break the EU's rules, and for Vestager, it's all about the rules. Here she is in an interview with Bloomberg last month. And we do not
1: circumvent rules. Uh, This is a question about how the rules actually work. That, of course, is the way that our rules were constructed uh, some years ago when they were made, and you can, of course, uh, obviously uh, discuss the rules. But we work within the rules. This is our obligation.
0: The company's deals have already been approved by the EU, but GE and Merck risk fines of as much as 1% of annual worldwide sales, while Canon's penalty could climb to 10%. Joining us are Spencer Waller, a professor at Loyola University Chicago Law School, and Pinar Ackman, a professor at the University of Leeds Law School. Spencer, Cannon jumped the gun on a merger, but let's start with G.E. and Merck, who are accused of giving incomplete or misleading information. Was that information critical? Um,
1: well, I'm, I'm not sure. The, what I've heard from the commission and the public sources is that they don't expect to try to revisit the merits of the merger. What they're concerned about is that either incomplete or misleading information was provided to them in the course of the infor- uh, the investigation.
2: Uh, Pinar, what happens if, in fact, the European Commission finds that there was misleading information?
3: The European Commission has the power uh, to impose a fine. In the case of misleading or incorrect information, that fine can be up to 1% of the company's annual worldwide turnover. In the case of jumping the gun... Because that's a more serious infringement of the procedural rules, the fine can be up to 10 percent of the uh, company's annual worldwide turnover. But as Spencer has mentioned already, the commission has said they're not planning to revisit the um, substantive analysis in the merger. So the decisions will remain effective, essentially, regarding uh, the approval of the three transactions.
0: Spencer, tell us a little bit about what the European Commission is claiming that GE and Merck did not give.
1: Right. So let me just back up for one second. Um, The EU has a system of pre-merger notification. So does the United States. But the EU's thresholds for when you have to file are much higher. They're in the two and a half billion uh, to $5 billion range. So a smaller number of deals are notified. And when you notify, uh, when you have to notify, it's the EU only, rather than all the member states that review. So it's a smaller number of larger deals where uh, this sort of preempts individual countries from looking at this. So it's one-stop shopping, and it's extremely uh, important that the EU get uh, complete uh, information
3: uh, in in, in the course of the deal.
0: In other words, what are they alleging that GE did not give them? What kind of information?
1: Well, I'm more familiar with the Merck side of it, where um, uh, it was a merger of companies that uh, that uh, have to do with laboratory testing services, and the allegation is that they just failed to turn over to the commission information about uh, different innovation projects that um, would have been important to the investigation to determine whether uh, these companies currently competed and whether the merger would uh, eliminate competition as to either price quantity, quality, or innovation.
2: Pinar, is this kind of a new thing that the EU is really focusing on, or have they been very strict about these sort of disclosures and information requests the entire time that they've been looking at this kind of issue?
3: That's a very interesting question. So we haven't had many, many of these um, types of investigations or fines. So I had a look at this today, and it appears that the first such fine um, since the new merger regulation came into force in 2004 was the one imposed on Facebook, actually, in um, May 2017. So Facebook was fined over €100 million for providing misleading information. So in the last... 13 years. Um, The Facebook one was the first one, and we now have three of them all at the same time. If we look at the previous merger regulation, again, we see that there haven't been too many of these. Maybe there were three or four of them, but it hasn't been a um, procedure that the commission has used in very many cases. But it appears that the commission is um, increasingly pursuing this line of investigation.
0: Spencer, the companies can seek a hearing to present their cases, and they have until the end of the summer to request that. Is a hearing a good idea?
1: Uh, it it, it really depends. If, if the fines are of a, a manageable nature um, and the deal isn't going to be you know, revisited on the merits, um, it, it's oftentimes the companies, at least in the U.S., that simply pay, pay the fine and, and move on, particularly if it's an in, inadvertent violation. Um, I think Facebook uh, in particular, even though the fine was very high, I think the last thing they want to do is go back into contentious negotiations and proceedings with the EU on antitrust grounds. So even they have some incentive to just pay this um, and, and move on. Um, but, but I completely agree with Pinar that the gun-jumping allegations, which is merging the company's operations before they have permission, is by far the most uh, Im- important uh, of, of these allegations. And there's at least one precedent in the EU where France, in November of last year, imposed an €80 million euro fine on a, a mobile um, a uh, mobile telephone company, for gun jumping uh, prior to getting permission to go ahead with the merger.
0: We're talking with Spencer Waller, a professor at Loyola University Chicago Law School, and Pinar Ackman, a professor at the University of Leeds Law School, about the EU filing complaints against General Electric, Merck, and Canon, accusing them of providing misleading or incomplete information in order to push through mergers or acquisitions. Pinar, with Vesteyer, it seems to be all about the rules. And in the responses from GE and Merck, it was all about having acted in good faith. Is that going to make a difference to the EU?
3: It certainly will. So for the European Commission to impose a fine for misleading or incorrect information, it has to be the case that the companies in question have provided this information intentionally or negligently. So if the companies can prove that they were neither intentional nor negligent in their um, information provision to the commission, it is possible that they could escape a fine.
2: Spencer, a lot of the time when we're talking about the EU versus, you know, American companies. We're talking about the fact that they have different standards. It's a lot tougher on some of the anti-competitive stuff than than here in the U.S. Is this what we're looking at in these cases, or is this just bad corporate behavior?
1: Um, I don't think it would. I I don't think these allegations would play out very differently in the U.S. We have uh, similar rules about when transactions have to be notified for review uh, in advance. And if if you're above a certain level, which is around $320 million uh, right now, you have to notify, and you can't close your transaction, you can't jump the gun and begin cooperating with a company you're still competing with. You have to provide certain information with your filing in the U.S., and you have to provide certain additional information and testimony upon request. And, you know, if you don't uh, don't provide complete, uh, accurate information or you jump the gun, there are penalties. Frankly, they're not as high as in Europe, but uh, the companies shouldn't be surprised that the U.S. and the E.U. need complete information, uh, and you have to keep your transactions on hold while they investigate.
0: Uh, Pinar, do you agree? Because uh, the E.U. has been accused of taking a much more aggressive antitrust stance than the U.S., and you don't hear about these kind of penalties in the U.S.
3: I think it's probably fair to say there might be a different perspective of what competition law should achieve and what's the ultimate purpose in the eu in comparison to that in the u.s um but i don't think these companies or even in other cases where the companies involved were technology american technology companies i don't think the companies have been targeted because they're american i think eu competition law is applied as strictly against european companies as it is um, against American companies. But this is a debate that's been held, and as an ongoing debate uh, that's been held by commentators on both sides of the Atlantic as well, in that we, I suppose, in Europe might be coming from a different um, starting point in the way the European competition rules were adopted after the Second World War to open up the markets and so on. And there's the so-called single market imperative in the EU where the European is trying to turn the European market into one single market. So there are some concerns in Europe that don't exist in the US. And perhaps some of these lead to different approaches to the same cases on both sides of the Atlantic.
2: Spencer, one thing that sometimes appears—you you hear so much more about the EU taking these kinds of actions. Do companies uh, try to get around the EU more in their anti in their anti competition rules than they do in the U.S.? Is there a compliance difference between
1: the two arenas? Well, there's a big compliance difference, um, and, and, and Pinar is completely right. Uh, the EU is simply has rules that reach farther than the U.S. and also uh, is interested in applying it uh, to areas that, that the U.S. hasn't emphasized. This is more on the, on the monopoly side, on the abusive dominant position. Um, and in merger laws, uh, they're pretty similar. Um, but uh, it, it, I, I agree with Pinar that I don't think it's about discrimination as much as the EU having a more expansive set of rules. Although I do note there are people in the current administration in the U.S. who are looking very carefully at the question of whether there's targeting of U.S. companies.
0: Pinar, in about 30 seconds, do you think these companies will be able to beat the fines? Um,
3: I think if they cooperate with the commission, that would be a good start for them, at least um, to have a reduction in a potential fine, because cooperation is something that the commission takes into account as a mitigating circumstance to reduce a potential fine.
0: And uh, Spencer, 15 seconds. Do you agree?
1: Um, Yeah, I do. Uh, I think uh, there's a chance they can walk away with no fine, but I think the most likely outcome is they do their best to persuade that this is all inadvertent and pay as little as possible.
0: All right. Thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Spencer Waller, professor at Loyola University Chicago Law School, and Pinar Ackman, a professor at the University of Leeds Law School. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, New York's top cop told a judge that an investigation into ExxonMobil's public statements about climate change uncovered significant evidence the oil giant may have misled investors with two sets of numbers, one public and one secret.